The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Hello and welcome to the Radiate Wellness Podcast with your host, metaphysician, Reiki master, and hypnotherapist, Christy Clemens Hoffman. Each week, we will discover teachings, tips, and tools to radiate your best life ever with practitioners, authors, and luminaries to help you on your path. Wellness, joy, peace, abundance. What do you want to radiate? Welcome back to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. Today, we radiate clarity with Elizabeth Grace, astrologer from Queens, New York, right? Queens? Well, I lived in Queens. Yes, I live in yes. Queens, in Forest Hills, home of the Ramones. Oh, I love it. Yes. Much hippier than Kansas City. And I don't know. There are a lot of really cool people in Kansas City, in my opinion. I, you're, you are in Kansas City. There's I'm a Jane Kansas. Austen Society in Kansas City. I actually spoke to them once about the horoscope of Jane Austen. So you are the second. Yes. We need to talk, Elizabeth. So that is so progressive and hip and happening that the Jane Austen Society of Kansas City would have an astrologer come in and and they wanted to know, tell us about Jane Austen's horoscope. And we we were able to discover things that, that because astrology can see what's going on, even though we may have lost some of Jane, many of Jane Austen's letters and such, we know what was going on when certain events happen. So, so you are the second, this is the second um, connection I've had with someone in Kansas City. So I'm thrilled to be back. Oh, that's lovely. And I love Jane Austen. We'll have to talk. Yes. <laughs> well, you know, what struck me about you, and I have to say that Anthony Pico was very recently on the Radiate Wellness podcast to talk about mm-hmm. astrology, of course. And we got to talking and I had asked him on the show if he looked at current events and people in the news, et cetera. He said, no, I don't, but I know somebody who does. He said that you were had actually been a reporter. And I saw from your website that you had those uh, that background. Well, I wasn't a report. Well, I am a reporter of astrology and the astonishing synchronicity of astrology in the news. That is my beat. Okay. And I have worked in news, not as someone who reported the stories. I was the person who promoted the stories that we were going to see at the 11 o'clock hour. So you were in the news. I was in the news, but not, I was not the reporter person because, because there's not much use in, you know, in news for astrology, unfortunately in the way it is done now. So I went off and created my own beat reporting on the synchronicity of astrology and the news, because what happened was um, when I was, I would have, you know, the top stories coming in, you spend all day 
you know, running around, getting your clips together to craft a little promo for the top story that's going to be the top of the 11 o'clock hour. And I was also writing a forecast about daily planetary patterns. And I began noticing that there was a synchronicity. The stories that were driving the headlines on the front page of the papers were reflecting the potential of the planetary patterns that day. And, you know, when you first start learning about astrology, and if you're a novice, if you just start, you, you know, you learn your sun sign, maybe you learn your rising sign, whatever. You focus on your own chart and you could spend years just, you know, doing your horoscope and your boyfriend's horoscope and your sister's horoscope or whatever. You don't realize that astrology is expressed in everything, every moment in time. Like we were talking about at the top as, as we were starting our this talk, um, where there was some confusion about the time right. that, that we were supposed to meet. And, you know, and I said, you know, I, I did a horoscope for the moment that we were supposed to meet and noticed that there was a pattern in that chart that suggested that there was going to be, there's probably going to be some confusion over, over where we are. And that is exactly what happened. Oh, and it was all on me. But, it, but, you know, but it, whoever it was, it doesn't matter. Cause like I, you know, I may not have been terribly focused on things either. Cause I, I said I was going to come in at 4.15, 4.15 my time, which is 3.15 your time. Right. And I got distracted. I was doing something else. And then I came back and you're like, where are you? Are you coming in? Is this still a good time? Which you picked up on because I had, my focus had gone elsewhere, you know, instead of me being there on the quarter hour. I was delayed and and I was I was distracted, which is exactly what we saw. Well, I saw it because I did the horoscope. I'm like, yeah, this is a moment of potential bewilderment. Right. Isn't that great? So what else came up? Yeah, what else came up in this moment? I'm pausing because there was a siren going down because I live in New York. So I just, so I, I don't know if you can pick, you picked up on it. So, so tell me, um, I'm sorry, could you repeat the question? Sure. So what else came up in that chart for today? So, well, let me look at it because the first, I mean, what I saw was, you know, there are certain things in a horoscope that the eye is immediately drawn to. So the first, I, I look at what we call the angles of the horoscope, the compass points and immediately saw, oh, here's this pattern that's kind of fuzzy, but right behind it, is expansion, a grand set, a prominence about what we're going to talk about. So I think what we're going to talk about today and people receiving this information today are probably going, it's going to make an impression. It's going to capture their attention according to this horoscope. It is going to expand their horizons. Because I'm, I'm now taking in the rest of the horoscope. If you want me to tell you what I'm seeing in jargon, I will. But I don't know if your audience, if that would be helpful to your audience. Yeah. And, you know, I have been, we have an astrologer with Radiate Wellness. And mm-hmm. full disclosure, that's my aunt who is an astrologer. And so oh. I've bathed in astrology ever okay. since I was a kid. And do I understand any of it? And the jargon? No, no, I don't. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so... 
Yeah. So I will, so I'll refrain from sharing the jargon, but suffice it to say, that's what we see. We see broadening horizons, international reach, um, a need to express a righteous opinionation and have an enthusiastic and joyful debate. Love it. No, that sounds perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you've got this great um, kind of blog on your on your website just called The Forecast. And so like what's what's up for the week ahead? What what energies can we expect? Now, of course, we're recording today on Thursday, October 27th, my brother's birthday. Woot, woot. And, oh, woot. Woot, woot. and this will be appearing, uh, well, one week after the midterm elections. So, oh, I know. Wow. Interesting, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, it'll be so today's news is going to be a little bit out of date by the time this comes around, but you know, there's all, always stuff going on. It looks like there is an eclipse uh right around the 8th. Yes, well, we had one. Uh we had just had one. What day is it? Remembering what day it is. I have to remember what day it is, first of all, because time just flies. We had one on Tuesday. We had one on uh, Tuesday. So we had a new moon and a, and a partial solar eclipse. So this is eclipse season. So they're usually, you know, we have them twice a year and they usually come in pairs. So we had a solar eclipse on this new on the new moon on Tuesday, October 25th in Scorpio. Everyone can run screaming down the hall. Uh, and then we have a lunar eclipse, which is a total lunar eclipse on November 8th in Taurus. The moon will be in Taurus. It will be opposing the, the Scorpio moon. So this is about values. It's like, what is mine versus what is ours? What do I, what do I, what's important to me? What do I have to share with other people? Possessions, you know, things like that. Um, and it's a pretty wild eclipse. Uh, it's a pretty wild eclipse in that there is a, there's, you know, there's an electric energy to this eclipse. There's the, the, when you look at, there's certain planets that symbolize, like I see astrology as a language, right? I don't think there's anything up there on Pluto that's pushing people around. Yeah. Okay. Astrology is a language. For some reason, every civilization under the stars has looked up at the stars and the planets and and seen patterns and given these things above meaning. And if you think about languages, we have so many, right? Lots of languages. All of them are valid. Yeah. English is a valid language. Japanese is a valid language. There may be, they may be structured differently. They may be focused on certain things that reflect the consciousness and life experience of the people who've created the language. So if you want to have a conversation, a deep conversation about snow, are you going to learn Inuit or Swahili? Exactly. So if you want to have a deep conversation about human experience through space and time, 
you might want to learn astrology or talk to somebody who speaks astrology who can translate it to you in plain English. I love that. I work in analogies. And so that's a fantastic analogy because it does make a lot of sense, right? Somebody who understands that type of thing and, you know, and it does apply. And I that's why I really like what you do and what you offer is looking at the current events, looking at the global scale mm -hmm. rather than the personal horoscope, which you do too, right? Which I do too. Yes. Of course you do. But then, but looking, taking a bigger step back and looking at the collective astrology, because my God, yeah, you can work with the individuals and you do, of course, but it's what we do with each other that really shapes our lives. Mm -hmm. How we co-create. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. so I think that's fascinating. Um, so, of course, this is going to be coming out just one week after the midterms, and I had to go check my schedule to make sure that I'm saying the truth. It'll come out the week after the midterms. So... Looking ahead, what uh, what kind of predictions do you have for that? I'm laughing. You know, this is the this is the challenge for astrologers. I know. I'm why is it? Why is it so important? Why is the why is the value of astrology on being able to see what's going to happen and not on other things? That other tools that astrology offers, such as who are you and what do you really need in order to be happy? Okay, that's a good point. Good point. So I'm wondering, just in terms of, you know, we've had so much political violence, people being so at odds, like what is there a certain climate that we can look at as far as what the fallout is going to be? Well, first of all, what astrology does suggest for those who study it mm -hmm. is that the tension that we've been experiencing and the polarization and the feeling of being stuck, like which way is going to go and why is everything so close? And why are all the polls that we're reading, you're talking about, because you're asking me about the midterms, why are all the polls in conflict with each other? What are we supposed to believe? All of this that's happening now mm -hmm. is an accurate reflection of the potential of the patterns. You know, astrologers have this expression, as above, so below. Oh. We love to say this, right? Whatever's going up there, which somehow is, ex is, is expressing symbolism that humans gave to it, you know, the, the, the symbolism of Pluto or Saturn or whatever, whatever that means, that seems to have come out of human perspective that define these things as such. And therefore they have meaning in our experience because we've given it that meaning. It's a really weird dance. There's so much we don't know. But getting back to, but right now, astrologers writing about this time period years ago anticipated that this year, 
and you know, 2020 was another one. We anticipated that this is where we were going to be, that we were going to be feeling as if we were at loggerheads, stuff. Excuse me, stubborn perspectives. Neither one is giving an inch with all of this bewildering spin. How do we know what to believe? Who is telling the truth? Right. Absolutely. So, you know, where I'm where we are sitting on October 27th, um, I'm telling my audience, don't believe the polls. First of all, they're all contradicting each other. Don't believe the polls. That's the first thing. The second thing is um, there are going to be some surprises because nobody really knows. If I had to go on record, and we'll see, if I had to go on record, my sense is that even with this tension of one, I, I, there's there's this disruptive energy in the patterns and this eclipse, and there's also something that is clinging so stubbornly to preserving to preserving its position that we're not likely to see a major change in the balance of power. Mm. I would believe that. I just you know my my field is energy. And just from yeah. the energy of everybody being so staunch in their position at loggerheads, not believing anything that comes from somebody who has opposing viewpoints. Mm-hmm. There's no foreseeable way right now to get past that energy. Right. Yeah. So, you know, so I'm, so, I mean, you, you, you know, you're like, oh, you're an astrologer. You predict things. What do you think is going to happen? So, uh, you know, things. <laughs> like looking at the fourth. No, 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 Mike, let me tell you, let me tell you about how I, how I helped a client, you know, do something they were afraid to do because the astrology in her horoscope was, you know, encouraging her to take this risk and she did it and how happy and grateful she was. I mean, that's meaningful too. It is, you know, super meaningful. Yeah. Right. Right. Or how they understood their children better or their partner better because they got to know their partner or child's horoscope and they were able to be a better partner or parent to their loved ones because it's, they suddenly realized through astrology, they could appreciate the behavior and the needs of the people they cared about. Mm-hmm. Right, right, and so you know what what strikes me about the additional work that you bring to the table on astrology is that you apply that kind of microcosm to the world the above, right? Yeah, absolutely. You apply it, you know, to the world below or so below. You also apply it to the world the, to all this above, right? Like, like you've got a big lens on that. I have a big lens. And so here's one thing that watching these cycles and observing these cycles, here's one thing that's reassuring to people who are going, what is going on? This is crazy. The whole world is falling apart. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) 
Yeah, that's that's absolutely accurate. The world is falling apart. Or this is how it feels. Right? Yeah, it feels, and this it is accurate. It it you right. know you're absolutely right. Economy or uh, tanking. We've got war. We've got dictators. You know, we have yeah, we have this clash of authoritarianism. And, and if you go back and read my forecast from 2015, and and I'm basing my writing back then on what I've learned from other astrologers who have, who are older than I am with more, you know, even more experience than I had at that time. Right. This conflict between democratic, you know, power to the people versus my way or the highway authoritarianism. This was anticipated at this time because the planetary patterns, the symbolism that these patterns that the humans have given these patterns, that is, that's what's there. The, the extremes of control that came down in 2020, you know, because of COVID, all, all of this stuff, this, it all made sense. Right. And it was anticipated. So, but getting back to, okay, so my point about how to be in this absolutely bewildering time without losing your sanity. Yeah. Is to appreciate that this is a cycle. You're not 500 years old, but within the past 500 years, even within the past 250 years that America has almost been around, we have been in similar places before. Something that I've been thinking about that it's been like this, if not worse. Yeah. I mean, there is one Coping strategy, I, I'm always talking about historian Heather Cox Richardson. Do you know her Love work? Her. Love her. She's okay. brilliant. Right. She's brilliant. And what she does is, you know, this is going on. This is what happened today. You know, the, the you know, there was a crisis of leadership and it, it you know, it looks, it, you know, what, whatever, it, whatever it is, whatever the deal is. And she goes, but back in 1856, blah, 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 blah happened. And yes, it almost looked like we were going to just go completely kaplooey, but we didn't. And then what I do is she writes about the period in history. And I go and I look at the planetary patterns and go, uh-huh, that's exactly what we're dealing with today. The planet, one of the big planetary patterns that the United States is, is wrestling with, struggling with right now, that's key, being keenly felt all through this year this energy of breakdown and transformation, corruption exposed in rot in all areas of government. It's like, okay, wow. the metaphor is, or the analogy is, and this is a quote from a book called Illusions by Richard Bach oh, that yes. I read when, I, yeah, you know, this book I read is when I was oh, yes. 18. Okay, what the caterpillar calls the end of the world, the master calls a butterfly. Okay, but that caterpillar has to like, you know, it, it's gone. It comes out, and but it has to go through some serious, serious tonic, you know. It, it, it has completely to, breaks down. Completely breaks down, and and then at the end of the day, it's this beautiful, light, gorgeous thing. Not that caterpillars aren't cute, but it's it's re, it's even it's at a higher level. So the United States is has that in its little cosmic calendar uh, for this year. And having to process that next year. But we were in a similar space in the early 80s and in the early 30s uh. and around 1850-ish, thereabouts. And it was the energy 
of breakdown and transformation and power and resources and who was going to control it. And if you look back to the early 80s, for example, what did that bring into the table? Jimmy Carter and his solar panels on the White House mm-hmm. were shown the door and Ronald Reagan and his trickle-down economics came in. And there was a shift in how resources and power was, you know, that's that's a turning point. If you read the work of historians like Heather Cox Richardson, she will say this was a turning point. This was a defining moment where this, the strategy of who was going to have the power and the resources went from sharing it among, you know, smaller people to all the way up to the top. And in the early 30s, Franklin Roosevelt came in and said, I got a new deal, guys. And he, that was a turning point where we had all of this investment in our infrastructure and programs like Social Security and Medicare that evolved up, up through the 60s. So where we are now is at yet another critical point because the patterns, the cycles are repeating. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's not some, it's, it's yeah. like, you know, it, it, it's just, a, and so we've dealt with this energy before. Right. Right. True. Now so. what worries me a little bit is like in the early thirties, then that led to the rise of Nazism and Hitler and. Yeah. Well, so you had that same conflict. Are we going to have a democracy or are we going to have one person in charge telling everybody they don't like, you know, what they can and cannot do. Right. And so, and then in the in the mid '60s, you know, we had the same massive revolutions that were coming. You know, China went off and did its own. You know, what what became of that? And then, uh, so here we are again, where we're going. What are these authoritarian governments propping up? Well, the patterns. You know, the stuff we we obviously haven't finished this exercise yet. Right. That's just, yeah, right. And that worries me. And of course, you mentioned the 1850s, and we all know what happened there in the United States. Right. So, the Civil and, War and, and the, the, the Reconstruction. I always want to make sure I get that reword correct, the yeah, Reconstruction. reconstruction. And, and then how, you know, in the South, the idea that, wait a minute, what is this equal bit? And they, and they suppressed the freed slaves and said, no, we don't, we don't want to invest in these social programs because, because that just, that's your, that felt like you're taking something away from us and we don't want to invest in the whole community or whatever. And I'm, and I'm, what I'm saying is, is um, I'm quoting, I'm paraphrasing the way Heather Cox Richardson, who's written books about this, explains what happened at that time. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So we're in this pattern, this cycle right now. Where- yes, because the United States has a horoscope. Oh, right? of course. So yeah. So United States has a horoscope, and so the United the horoscope of the United States states is uniquely affected by this. And then there are the other patterns that are affecting everybody. So you see it in other in the world as well. Mm-hmm. Now, let me ask you, when you do the chart of the United States, do you base it on um, July 4th? Do you base it on the beginning of the Revolutionary War? Do you base it on when the Constitution was written? Like, where Excellent you question. Oh, my God. This, 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 is, this is the eternal debate at the bar at any, <laughs> at any astrological conference because we right. have fist fights over what? Because, 
you know, unfortunately, they didn't have video cameras when the Declaration of Independence was signed. So there is there is, you know, there is argument as to, well, is is 510 really is 510 p.m. on July 4th, 1776 in Philadelphia, really the date, the absolute time that the Declaration of Independence was completely signed, which was sort of the statement of the nation. Then, of course, the Constitution didn't come around until 1787. Right. And then, which is so interesting, because I'm pretty sure, if memory serves, it's, it was, I think it was, it was September, and I'm, I can't remember where the moon was, but it's just so interesting that in order to find, in order to form a more perfect union, and the sun was in Virgo, so of course they were trying to get it right. They were trying to make better. If you know any, you know how the energy of Virgo. Virgo is here to make something correct, mm. to improve upon it, to perfect something. And so the Constitution came out of the fact that hey, we had this really great idea in 1776 as to how we. And then of course we won the war, and now and but it's not working, so we have to fix it, and that's why we had the Constitution. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so like, yeah, when do you pinpoint the birth of this country? So there so there is something called the Sibley chart. Uh, Ebenezer Sibley was a British astrologer who rectified I in other words tested tested the horoscope and in his esteemed opinion determined that 5:10 on at 5:10 p.m. was the appropriate time for the horoscope of the United States, which gave our country on July 4th in 1776, right. Which gave our nation a Sagittarius ascendant, very broad. Everything is big and expansive and a little clumsy. And we're welcoming all these, you know, all these philosophies and religions. everything is tolerated here. So many astrologers use that chart as a timing tool but there is debate over it. You know, there are, there are other astrologers who believe that the, the most workable chart for the United States is at two in the morning, two thirteen or something in the morning, oh. because they feel that the because you know they feel that that is a better expression of the United States. So, it's, but mm. here's the thing. But here's the thing. Before people are going, aha, astrology is bunk. It means nothing because you can't even agree on anything. Ah, but you know what? Languages, they're all valid. Right. Right? So a Western astrologer, I'm a Western astrologer, the way I look at a horoscope, the way I calculate a horoscope may be a little different than how, I mean, than how uh, somebody who, who uses a Vedic astrologer or who's who's using a different zodiac, they're using... They're using the position of the of the of the planets that's that's tied that's tied to the sidereal the position of the stars, which is shifted. Whereas, right. you know, so it's like, you know, so but it's a language, and for some bizarre reason, they all work, and you will find pockets of of brilliance according to the focus of those who speak that particular language. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? 
Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Did you know that Radiate Wellness is more than just a podcast? That's right. We're also a comprehensive holistic wellness practice. Find out about our services, practitioners, and upcoming events at radiatewellnesscommunity.com. While you're there, visit our podcast page to read more about our great guests and even donate to the podcast. If you like our podcast, you can help in other ways as well, like subscribe or follow us wherever you're listening right now. Tell a friend, a family member, or a coworker about the great content you find here. And if you wouldn't mind, please give us a thumbs up, a five-star rating, or a positive review. Sounds like a small thing, but it really helps. You might like to know about our Facebook communities while we're at it. We have a free community, the Radiate Wellness Community, on Facebook for news and great free content. Our subscribers group is Radiate U, as in the letter U, but also, well, you. There you'll find curated replays of past classes, guest interviews, and more. And now, back to our podcast and back to our guest. For example, like I do a podcast called uh, off the charts, a stellar newscast. And I, I, do, I Whitney Fishburne is an astrologer who is a, who is a real live journalist. She is an actual journalist. I just promoted the news, but she actually wrote the news. And she has learned different systems of astrology. And her preferred way to use astrology is something called whole sign astrology. Mm-hmm. Okay, just just that's the technical term. And she has a different way of looking at the time, place, and date of the birth. And she will pull pieces of information that I wouldn't necessarily pick up on right away because her language, her approach to that horoscope, she'll pick up on, um, I think, a more soulful. She's really focused on that. Her ability to read that chart through that through that language, mm. gives her that, that particular insight that when I'm looking at a horoscope through the lens of modern psychological astrology or modern humanistic astrology, which interprets the planets in the horoscope as symbols of needs. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what does somebody need? Well, if you look at the horoscope, an astrologer who knows how to do that can translate those symbols into an accurate assessment of needs. And when you know what somebody needs, you can anticipate what they're likely to do under certain pressures. And you also, yeah, you, if you know what they need, right, you know what they're likely to do. Like, for example, President Biden. 
his moon is in Taurus. All right. The moon in the language of astrology. Well, this isn't the language of astrology. This is real life. You look up at the sky from our perspective on planet Earth and the sun and the moon are the same size. We have eclipses. This is amazing. This is amazing. Think about this. The sun is ginormous and zillions of miles away. The moon is tiny and close. Like, yeah, really. And but they're the same size. Right. And they can get in each other's. So, so what this? So going back to the astrologers, you know what we love to say: as above, so below. These planets, these celestial bodies, are symbols. Humans have given them meaning. We better give equal weight to the sun and the moon in the horoscope. And you can't really understand the sun by looking directly at it. You will go blind. Right? Right? Right. How can you comfortably handle the light of the sun? And everybody's so proud of their sun sign, right? Oh, I'm a Taurus. I'm an Aries. My sun sign. Okay. But where's your moon? Because the moon is going to reflect the light of the sun in a way that is soft and, you know, bearable. Are you following me? Yes. So I'm, I'm going back to Joe Biden here. I'm going to tell you how you know what he's going to do. Okay. So... To understand, so so in a horoscope, the sun and the moon are working together. You understand what somebody really needs to do, what's driving them, their reigning need by the moon as it reflects the fuel they bring to the table, which is the sun. So Joe Biden is a Scorpio. That's his fuel. He's here to like experience life in great heights and depths and consolidate resources for power. But his moon is in Taurus. Interesting. Okay. So hmm? keeping him grounded, keeping him earthbound. Yes. And what does, so if you look at the moon in terms of what does that, what is, what does it need? It needs material comfort and security and stability. And this is reflected in everything Joe Biden does. Yeah. Build back better. He needs to establish material comfort and security. You may not agree with his politics. You may think he's a doofus, whatever, but that is what he needs. He, the best he can, he needs to preserve the status quo in a way that is comfortable and secure. Interesting. Now, have you happened to look at Vladimir Putin? I have looked at Vladimir Putin. What we, we don't have a, we do not know if we have an accurate birth time for him. And there is some debate as to whether or not we even have an accurate birth date. And because, you know, he, so we don't know. But of what we, what we, what we're using, because he just had a birthday. He's a Libra. I think he's got moon and Gemini. 
I think he needs, I think he has Moon and Gemini. Let me just quickly look that up. Sure. He's Moon and Gemini, which, you know, which says, you know, he needs to be, but I, I don't want to make the, I want to make but, sure I don't Because, you know, here is somebody who's completely invading another country. Yeah. Like, what does he need? What does he, what does he need? you know, back to, back to your language. What okay. does he need? Yeah. Why is he doing right. this? Yeah, what does he need? Does he um, need? Well, if this, Okay, so the time that is, and it's not, we don't know, it could be completely, it could not be accurate, but we're using it and it's workable, okay? We call it, we call it a workable birth time. He needs, he's sun sign Libra with all of this energy for, you know, equality, fairness in relationship, such mm. as it is. However, it's tempered by strict discipline. There is a squeeze and a need for control right. on this energy. You see that. He's also, uh, the way he needs to think, we can see that he may be, I mean, he could be visionary. That would be nice. But he also may be off in some rose-colored foggy thing and may not be getting a clear picture. All right? Right. His moon is in, in what this, in the horoscope that most astrologers use, his moon is in Gemini. So what he needs is to be the smartest, most intensely entertaining and informed person in the room. Hmm, interesting. Very interesting. You know, he, ne he needs, you know, you, and that kind of runs wild. And in this horoscope, what we see at the very top of the chart because the compass points, if you were looking at, if you're looking at the horoscope, the comp, what we would call the compass points, the north, south, east, and west positions. Yeah. Anytime you see something on a compass point, it's accentuated. And what he has mm -hmm. at the top of this horoscope mm -hmm. is ruthless power. That explains a lot. It explains a lot. It, ex it explains a lot. Because I think most of the world is sitting here going, what are you hoping to doing? accomplish? I don't know. Right. You know, the I rest don't know. Of you are just sitting here going, why? Are I you know. Why? Why are you being, why? You know, what? Did you what have a, I mean, you know, you could look at this in a cycle and go, well, let's talk about your mother and the, when the possibility that perhaps this, perhaps this mother, maybe there was a, a, a competitive uh, energy with this. Uh, with, I mean, I'm talking, you know, if I were talking, if you were my client. Right. You right. Know, we, we might be talking about what are these power struggles and wh why were you, why was it so, uh, intense for you and what's the deal with the father and why was why was there so much potential guilt or you know responsibility or some legacy of inferiority that might have been dropped on you because i mean so astrology you know, because one of my teachers wanted to you know he wanted to create a system so that we could use the horoscope to look at childhood issues and yes, which you know, is, all that stuff. we have to, we have, you to. have to. So, um, yeah, so that's what's going on with this guy. Right. Maybe if we have the right, if, assuming we have the correct, assuming you have the right time. Yeah. This is Honestly, what we would say. Sounds a bit like Donald Trump. Oh no. Mm, um, so that's interesting. I mean, uh, Donald Trump is a Gemini. His son is in Gemini. So he has that mercurial, clever um, thing. But his moon, if you understand his moon, it tells you, it tells you so much about why he does what he does. 
His moon is in Sagittarius. Okay, so sun sign, sun is in Gemini, moon is in Sagittarius. And a Sagittarius moon suggests, a, is driving the persona with a need to express its righteous opinion to be of influence and to be respected for what they have to say. Interesting. It's so important to somebody, anybody, anybody with a moon in Sagittarius. Right. That they be respected for their opinion and be considered as someone of influence. Interesting. Very interesting. Oh, that totally checks out. Totally on brand. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah. I was um, wondering, you know, this this need for the United States in general have like what does the United States from its chart, imperfect as it might be, because we don't necessarily agree on the the time, et cetera, et cetera. But like, what would be said of our country as a whole? Um, first of all, I'll say that anybody who gets into office or has a prominent place in our natural national like collective thought has planets in their horoscope that directly connect with planets in the horoscope of the United States. And I was wondering about that. I know. How does that work? I mean, it's like, how? So for example, um, all right. So the United States is a cancer nation. So here right. it is with all of this loving, emotional energy, nurturing home family. That's what it, that's what it's here to Not do. Very emotional. Give me, give us your tired, your poor. I mean, we're here for you. We're like mama and apple pie. This is, you know, this is it. It's home on the ra- home on the range. Here we are. Right. The range is the range. The big open plane would be our Sagittarius ascendant, which Everything is big and expansive. It's great. You know, and, and everything, every, everything is a cheeseburger deluxe. Everything is supersized. I mean, the United States is big. In um, every sense. So the United States also has a Sagittarius moon? No, no, the, no, the United States. Oh, let me get to that. So the United States, um, the moon is in Aquarius. Okay. Everybody knows the age of the group Aquarius, harmony and understanding. You know, it's like all, everyone is equal, peace, love, and granola. You know, we, we embrace everybody. Every, we embrace, a moon in Sagittarius needs to be appreciated for its unique social significance within a group. So we, that's our melting pot, right? We are, we are, everybody is equal here. That's, that's the theory. That's the need. This need in the, the, the unfortunately, the, the moon in the United States chart is not as well supported as it could be. So it has issues trying to get fulfillment for this notion of equality because it has to compete. Now, you know, we have this thing called the American dream, right? Right. The American dream is a statement that we see in the United States horoscope. Why do I say this? Okay, Neptune has been invested, imbued with the symbol, symbolism of dreams and vision and fairy tales and fantasies. 
And in, and in mundane astrology and in the headlines, if Neptune is really hot in any particular period, I anticipate that we're going to have stories of scandals and lies and deception and drugs and oceans and oil. See, in the language of astrology, um, you, you know, everything on the planet has been assigned an association with, with, with some, they call it rulership. That's the technical term. So, um, for, for example, the beef industry, bulls, cows, that's mm -hmm. ruled by Taurus. Taurus right. the bull. Okay, there's an association with that. Okay, so the United States has, there's Neptune in the horoscope, and it's in a very tense pattern, relationship, with another planet, the planet Mars, which symbolizes action and aggression and war and courage and soldiers and cars. So Mars, all of that, hero, fabulous, in a tense aspect, it's not an easy connection. So one of the potentials of that connection, if it were in a, a person's chart, we would see the potential for fanaticism or idealism about things that are represented by Mars, like war, soldiers, we glorify them. That's really important, right? Or the energy, you know, our cars. Hollywood is a big, you know, it, it makes sense that the United States gave birth to, became known for the film industry because that's fantasy. It's ideals. It's a dream factory. So we see this strong statement in the United States horoscope that if it were a person, that person would need to have some pretty strong convictions that might be pushing some boundaries in terms they would idealize something. So we have the American dream. Now, Donald Trump's Sagittarius sun, excuse me, Sagittarius moon and Gemini sun connect with the part of the U.S. horoscope that symbolizes this American dream. Mm -hmm. he, he can, so he can plug into it. Mm -hmm. and, 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 that, and part of the, so, so, you know, and Barack Obama has his Mars connected to that. Barack Obama has a planet in his horoscope that's connected to that as well. And so, you know, what is his big, you know, hope? Right. Okay. And so the, the, the American people responded to him strongly, and you see that there is a personal connection. So again, now in your own personal life, you could go to your astrologer and go, you know, I'm having trouble with my partner or my child. I don't understand why what's we have this tension. We're not really being able to get along here. Um, and then I would look at the horoscope and I would see how things were like crashing into each other, you know, or, or, you know, why when somebody would walk into the room, somebody might, somebody might respond and feel, God, that person is so irritating. They've just walked into the room or every time I make an offer, they block me. And I would look in that horoscope and I would see the planetary symbolism 
that, yeah, there is that potential that that person is going to block your energy. How can we get it so that person becomes a supportive structure, which is the same way of expressing that energy that's blocked? Right. A block can become a structure because you have building blocks, right? You can build things on them or it can really ruin your parade. Right. So you get to choose and decide how would you like to apply this potential connection between two people or entities. And here's the kicker. Here is the kicker about astrology. This also applies to the horoscopes of dead people. So if you are really one of your childhood heroes or a movie star that you idolize or an author, somebody that you really feel a profound connection to, there will likely to be a connection in that person's horoscope who's no longer among the living and your horoscope. And people who make news, because I you know, to getting back to the news thing, Oh, yeah. Um, people whom, and I realized this by recognizing what's going on when a dead person is suddenly all over the news. Interesting. And you look at their horoscope. And if that person were alive and coming to you as a client saying, well, you know, what's, what, what, what's going on? You know, let's plan a strategy for the year ahead. I know I might say, well, Elvis Presley. <laughs> looks like you're going to be, you know, you look, you know, you, you look pretty hot. And then like somebody's going to come in there and idealize, idealize your life. And maybe, maybe reveals, I mean, what happened in the Elvis movie that just came out this summer, you know, that really focused on how he was exploited and victimized and his issues with drugs as a coping strategy. And he has a pattern in his horoscope that, that accentuates that being brought to life. Sure. Oh, that makes perfect sense. But it's mind-blowing. When I first started, really started to see that, oh, because I've been doing this for a dozen years, right? But right. And you, the first time you come across this happening, you, you, you don't know how to, what to, you know, it's, it's just amazing that, yes, this horoscope is functioning and responding in life as if it were a, a, li- a living person. Well, but the... That makes sense, actually, because the position of the stars is the position of the stars. It's going to still remain with that person. Yeah, but what's the position of the stars? Well, it's what they were. I know, but, 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 but what is it? You know, what are we really looking at when we're looking at a horoscope? It's a piece of paper, right? It's a, right. a horoscope is a piece of paper with charts. A map of the sky. Can, it's a, okay, it's a map of the sky, but you know, it's like I can tell. I can tell you how it works. I can tell you how it works. Right, right. But I'm not sure I know why it works. And there's something we just do not know. We do not. It is, it's this like sacred geometry. I don't know where it's coming from. Yeah. You know, it's it's humbling. And awesome. I know. Isn't I know. I know. And so how did you get into this in the first place? Into what? Astrology or the news? No. Well, I mean, let's start with astrology. 
So astrology, I read Linda Goodman's Sun Signs when I was nine years old, and it just made perfect just made perfect sense. Right. And when I was eighteen, I had and I did as much research as I could on my own. This is long before the internet or anything. I met a professional astrologer in Newport, Rhode Island, when I was eighteen, and I had my that was my first consultation with an astrologer and. I learned about my Gemini moon and I had a Capricorn ascendant and that was really, and it started to make sense. Oh my gosh, parts of me that didn't grok with, you know, I'm supposed to be this Aries. I know that, what, what that means, you know, but no, uh, moon and Gemini, I need to talk and I need to you know, tell everybody what the story is. That's not so much Aries. Um, so I started to understand parts of myself that didn't fit just the sun sign. And I went to Wellesley College. We didn't have an astrology department. <laughs> Nobody was going to be taking that seriously. They, are, they have been some of my harshest skeptical, um, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, trolls, frankly. Uh, but, but actually, but that, that's, that's starting to, that's changing, thank God. But, you know, you get a degree from a college and people are like, you doing what? Um, we had a great, we had telescopes, we had a, we had little observatories. So I took astronomy at Wellesley and then, you know, I just kept, I just kept reading. I could never give it up. I did everybody's charts that I could. And when I, when we got to the point where I could get a computer with, with software program, I had to have one, even though I was working in the entertainment industry, I was in LA, I was doing totally different track, but I never stopped doing horoscopes. It, you just it's your it's a calling right i'm sure you in your life you know why you evolved to what you did it's like it's you just have to do it well and with astrology you can do a chart for anything yeah and that would be addictive as well in a way yeah. you know but I didn't realize that in the beginning, because I said, you go through this process, you start, you, you're looking at your horoscope, and then you're looking at friends and family, and then maybe you go look at an actress or some famous person. And then you start to realize that astrology applies to every moment in time. It applies to a wedding. It applies to a birthday party. It applies to signing a contract. Sure. You know, it just, it's, you're, it's a timestamp like DNA and you can progress it forward and see how it's likely to evolve. Just like DNA. If you know the DNA, you can see the potential for how that, whatever that is, that the living creature is going to develop. Right. Right. You know, okay. Just like when we're like kind of current events type of thing. Okay. Liz Trust. Yes. Liz Trust. Did you yes. see that coming? So Liz Trust, uh, we don't have a time for her horoscope. I mean, we, so we don't know a birth time for her. So Liz Trust, yes, looking at her horoscope, it was like, well, she thinks she's going to go in here and take some risks. <laughs> Good luck with that. And I, I had thought, I thought that I thought that by January, she had a, a pattern that looked like a serious reality check and, and circumstances conspired to push her out even, even it, actually, I mean, it's amazing. This eclipse, I'm looking at her horoscope now on the screen. Um, you know, we can see how she was pushed into pub, into the public eye because she was eclipsed. Right. 
She was eclipsed. There's a part of her horoscope, what we know that was eclipsed in last November and May that was activated in mid-August. And so all of a sudden she's the hot new thing. You can see that she's going to make this dramatic connection with the public. And then we also see that she is eclipsed again on Tuesday. And, and we also see that, um, you know, she's, it's so interesting because the many of the people that are making news now that, that evoke this, this tension between the old guard and the avant-garde. So she's the avant-garde because she's a woman, right? Great. And she's, and she's willing to send it, but, but she's the old guard because she's trying to roll black, roll back the clock in terms of economic growth and development with these old, these old school policies. She ends up, what we could see was the potential disruption because her actions were likely to be so reckless, which is exactly what happened. And then she was eclipsed. Her horoscope was eclipsed. Her Leo son was eclipsed on Tuesday. And by that time, um, you know, somebody else had moved in. We, we might have been able to get more of a, a, you know, to pinpoint her exit. I thought that by January, things were going to be pretty sad. If we had a birth time, we, we would have had more information to see when this provocation, when her exit would have, would have happened. Right. Well, and, you know, somebody in Liz Truss's position, she's being kind of pushed out to the forefront. And there wasn't, I didn't see there was a heck of a lot she could, I guess she could have just wholesale said, no, I'm not doing this. But, you know, people are asking you to do this. They're kind of pushing out there. You kind of do it. Right. And I don't know if there's anything else that she could have done. I mean, her policies were disastrous. Right. Yeah, they were disastrous, but her, but her, but she, but what she was able to do, she didn't have to. That's true. Yeah. But what she was able to do was I'm looking at a horoscope and I'm going, she was in a, her, she had the power of persuasion this year. Right. So she was able to convince people to give her a shot. They didn't have to. You know, maybe if they'd gone to the nearest astrologer, the astrologer would have said, you know, this woman, she's a bit, she's a bit risk prone right now and a little reckless, Yeah. you know, maybe you don't want to rally behind her. Maybe you don't want to elevate her to this position. Right. Um, but I don't think that's what happened in her party. Isn't I don't think anybody. It's like she was, I see her as kind of hapless. Yeah. She had these, these policies that were just kind of insane, but everybody's like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's great. It's great. It's great. But I don't know. It it was just such a train wreck. It was a train wreck. And you knew it was a train wreck when she, um, it's terrible. She, she met the queen and and that was it. But it was like, the queen was like, I I can't be here to witness this anymore. Uh, and, 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 and then she goes to the funeral and, you know, the Australian commentators are going, now, who is this woman that, who is this person who's just gotten out of the car? You know, it's like the next prime minister of the country and, and the people in Australia, the TV commentators are like, oh, I don't know who that is. I really don't know who it is. <laughs> it's a head of lettuce. It's a head. I know she, I know a head of lettuce outlasted her. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I know. This is another, this, I, what you were saying about, did she have any choice? You know, w- did she have to go down this path? 
Was there no other way? Did it have to be this woman? It's a really interesting question that astrologers debate. Fate versus free will. You know, because I can consult with a client and, and I might, I mean, the one, astrology can help you when you understand certain patterns, it can help you temper your responses. You always have in your reactions, you always have control over how you respond to an upset or, or anything, right? You have control of that. Right. It's an interesting question. How much you can step off the train of destiny. You know, there's this book I read in high school. For some reason, my teachers thought high schoolers needed to be reading about existentialism and Jean-Paul Sartre and all this stuff. Nice. And so we read it in French. And it was called Les Jeux Sans Fait. The Die is Cast. Yeah, by Sartre. By Sartre, yes. And it was about a pair of lovers, these lovers who, you know, they were, they were the soulmates and it was the most amazing thing. And then a series of unfortunate events happened so that like one of them died or whatever. And this is a big tragedy and it's terrible. And by some magical divine intervention, they were given the opportunity to try again. And so you're reading the story and you're like, okay, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? And they did the same thing. Okay, interesting. So it's a very good question because I'm here working with my clients saying, you have a choice. What would you like to do? Are you going to stick your neck out? Are you going to put your, are you going to enter the garden, apply for that scholarship? It's your choice. And I have been influenced. Actually, they, I, you can do that. Like, for example, when I first started writing and getting published as a writer, there was a, there was a period in my horoscope, I was in a phase of development where I knew that any writing opportunity that came my way was likely to go somewhere. And that if I were smart and wanted to take that, you know, that, what are you, brass ring, yeah. I needed to do it. And so there was an offer. Somebody asked me to write something. I had never been published before. I, I was, you know, I decided I was going to do this article because I knew, I kind of knew that if I did, I probably wasn't going to fail. And that article was published once and then published again and then presented, uh, you know, in Japan. It got me a trip to Japan. That's fantastic. Okay. So I used my understanding of the potential in my horoscope to do something. And so I did have that choice. Maybe I wouldn't have done it if I hadn't have had that boost of confidence that, that the, that knowing where I was in the cycle of development, you know, is it time to plant or is it time to harvest? Is it, you know, you know, people plant by the moon is now a good time to put a tree in the, in the, in the soil. You're not going to do it in December. Why would you do that? Right. So astrology is trying to help you understand timing. Love that. Okay. Yeah. I just, okay. 
I said I could talk about this forever and ever. And for ever. all day. I know you could. And I'm getting all like, and, and I love, I'm sitting looking at you and you're like, you're so, you're calm and just like, and I'm getting all excited because that's what I do. It's exciting. it's exciting. I tell you, I think yeah. if I were in the world that you are in, I would be like hair on fire. This is so cool. And I think it is awesome that you can look at the sky and see what's going on in, in world events. And of course, yeah. it says on your website, you're, you've got a unique beat. A like, unique beat. I am a reporter with a unique beat. Exactly. Are. Yeah. The world. And you deliver weekly forecasts. And- yep, I deliver weekly forecasts, and I do a lot of things. I, I, I give a lot to the world. So my weekly forecast, you can sign up. It's it's. I don't have a paywall. Uh, I have a tip jar, but I don't have a paywall. I have podcasts that I do. There's a, a the one that I mentioned before, off the charts with uh, astrologer, actual real-life journalist, Whitney Fishburne. We put that out every every other Friday. And what we'll do is we'll break down the news because some people like to hear it instead of read it, right? So, and then we talk about other things and we sing and we laugh and do other things. And then I'm also, I've also been doing a little video thing um, with uh, another colleague of mine, Allison Wu, and I've been doing the weather forecast w-h-e-t-h-e-r-r which is the little video about you know five to eight minutes about if you need if you want to see your astrology on tv here it is and oh by the way here are the headlines that reflect what i said was going to happen last week here here it is here's here's the front page of the new york times and see how this headline and how this image that they picked yesterday with no awareness of planetary patterns is a perfect reflection of what we see going on. How did they do that? That yeah. Are you familiar with Radi? Uh, sorry, Revealing Light Tarot, out of her mm. name, woman named Marianne in Australia. Um, yeah, she does a bit of astrology. She's mostly on tarot, mm-hmm. and she pulls in the astrology of all of these world events and she'll do she'll like look at will clarence thomas be impeached and she'll do a tarot spread on it will donald trump be subpoenaed and she'll do the tarot and she'll look at the astrology just all of this stuff is really interesting and you just go wow this was kind of scripted in a way you know it's fascinating Mm -hmm. it is and so and so that's another coping strategy for crazy times okay true if there really is some plan up there, you know, if there really is, if this is all in some divine order, that there is an astrologic, you know, the word disaster, you know what a disaster is? That no. word itself means this astro torn oh. from the stars. That makes sense. Okay. So it's a disaster when it is out of alignment. Okay, so if you think, if you think, all right, yeah, it's so crazy in the United States at right now, what is happening? Things are breaking down, we're turning into a big compost heap before my eyes, I have no idea what's happening. Okay, there is, there is order in this seemingly random chaos. Sure. You, you want, you know, you want compost to break down. You want the trash to get to rot and go back into the earth into something else, right? 
So if this is part of what's on our calendar with the energy of the planet Pluto, we're having a Pluto return, which is big comp- yeah. composting and power, then you, wanna, you want the things that are rotten to break down. So that they can, and, and then you have to trust, you have to trust yeah. that the cycle will come again, spring will come again, and there will be time to plant seeds and grow something that hopefully doesn't have the old cycle. Right. That's a coping strategy. And so that begs a question, is the smoke clearing for us anytime soon uh-uh. ah, it, but no. it will clear it but will no clear. it's but it will but it will clear no we ha- i think collectively so all right so uh, i'll share this bit so is it clearing anytime soon where the planets are at right now because again we've been we've given them meaning we've given them meaning um between now 2022, 2023, really around 2024, 20, well, no, actually right now, the outer planets that move really slowly and we see their quote unquote influence. I hate to use the word influence because I, I like, I like free will, right? But that's, people understand what that word influence, okay, it's affecting events. Right. These four outer planets are going to be at the end of their respective signs. It's a very interesting time to have four really slow moving planets at the very end of Capricorn, Pisces, Taurus. Okay. Mm-hmm. So when things, all of these big heavy planets are at the end, it's because they're wrapping things up. Okay. But what comes next? The beginning. The beginning. So there is a beginning. There's always a beginning. That's what you have to remember. There's, there is a beginning. It's a cycle. Spring is coming. There is a new moon. The moon is not going to fall out of the sky. Hopefully it won't. It could, but you know, the sun is going to rise. There's always a beginning. Right. But you have to go through this ending so that you can clear a path to do the new thing. And hopefully people can get excited about that. Right. And, sh- and make good choices and and respond to the changes with some, okay, all right, I see that. Yeah, okay, that thing, that thing isn't going to be here anymore. Okay, all right. Yeah, I used to listen to my music on cassette players. Right. Uh, okay, my, I don't need a CD player anymore. All right, I da- okay, I got it. Yeah. That's very good advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 2024, 2025, we but start. 2024, 2025, 2026, you know, we have a, because these planets move so slowly, what happens is they, they, they sort of inch forward and then they go retrograde, right? People know people like, oh, Mercury's retrograde. We're going to die. No, you're not going to die. Yeah. It's it just this, it's this, again, as above, so below from our perspective on Earth the planet appears to be moving backwards in the sky. It's not, it's not, but it appears to be. So astrologers go, well, that must mean that all the stuff associated with that thing is, is going for a review. 
So, so it moves. So it's a slow process. So it's going to take, you know, it's, we got a few years to go. We got a few years, but you know, there's, it's going to something new. And, and the, and the log jam that we've been in for such a long time, this tension, okay. Of like, good Lord. I mean, can something just move forward? Why is everything 50-50 all the time? Why is everything so razor thin? Well, that's a reflection of what's going on, the way astrologers interpret the, the, the patterns. Right. And they will move on. And they will move. And they will move. On our time, not necessarily. Right. So Right. Okay, so you've got this great website, Elizabeth Grace. Dot com and that's Elizabeth with an with an S. S. Elizabeth with an S, not a Z. Elizabeth Grace with an S, who is not the steamy romance novelist who lives in Canada. Uh-huh. I am the astrologer with an S. Ah uh, ha 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 ha! And you got the forecast in your services oh and God. your page to support what you do, which is awesome. What you do, um, you know, your podcast and everything. This is really great stuff. So I will put this website in the show notes, of course, to direct listeners there. But I'd love to have you back. I'd love to come back. This was so much fun. So I really, fun. I really enjoyed it. I, I thank you so much for inviting me to speak well, to you. Thank you to blast. Anthony Pico. Thank you to Anthony Pico. He's awesome. He is awesome. I know he's so, awesome. We'll do this again. Okay. All right. <laughs> Until then, thank you so much for everything. Thank you for joining me and bearing with my crazy brain today. It was in the chart. <laughs> it was in the chart. We were going to be, we were going to be, you know, out there a little bit. If but you then, were so nerdy about it, you'd made a chart for today. I love I that. I did, of course. I want to, yes. Anyway, thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> Radiate Wellness is an international community of holistic and alternative healers dedicated to helping you create spiritual, energetic, and physical well-being. To learn more about our practitioners, services, classes, and events, or to schedule an appointment, visit us at radiatewellnesscommunity.com. Do you ever feel that calling that you should be doing more with your life? If you're unhappy with the status quo, I can help. My name is Elias Patras, and I'm an intuitive motivator, psychic medium, and motivational speaker. I know that feeling, and on my podcast, Your Inner Voice, I can help you answer that call to step into your life's purpose. I will show you how to recognize and listen to the signs and signals that are all around us and help you tap into your intuition. Join me for the show here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's connect, educate, and grow on this journey together.